bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. This is the third part of Dominion Mandate. Dominion Mandate. And uh, my subtitle is The Seed. As you know, um, I talked about the fruit. And we said that the fruit is produced by the seed. And although it's subtitled The Seed, it's actually part of Be Fruitful. Uh, because I couldn't just uh, deal with be fruitful under just one um, in one message in one sermon I explained that a mandate is an official order or authorization to do something God created man with an express mandate to have dominion over his creation and we find that out in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to verse 28 which is our foundational text for the whole series because I'm premising what I'm teaching on the foundation of the scripture then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We said that in order for man to have dominion, he has to fulfill three imperatives. The first is that he must be fruitful. Second, multiply. Third, replenish or fill the earth. And fourth, subdue the earth. It is when we are able to do these four that we are able to have dominion. Dominion does not just come by claiming it. The dominion does not come by praying for it. Dominion comes by fulfilling specific mandates from God. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. And we have to explore the depth of what these conditions are because they will determine how our lives here on earth will become. God created man not to be the image of man, but God created man to be an express image of himself. God created man in his own image. Not in the image of a man. Monkeys were created in the image of monkeys. Dogs were created in the image of dogs. When you see a dog, you've seen a dog. When you see a monkey, you've seen a monkey. When you see an elephant, you've seen an elephant. When you see man, you haven't seen man, you've seen God in action. Because God created man to be a reflection of himself and not a reflection of man. Our life's potential is maximized when we move from the ordinary human level to move in the realm that God moves in. And to do that, we have to learn to be fruitful. How does a fruitful life look like? Let's take a good look at that. And I'm going to look at several scriptures, four of them. 
and read them through and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of running with this so you may just have to write down the scriptures and refer to them uh, as I read them uh, because you may not be able to turn as quickly as I have them down. The first is Genesis chapter 26 verse 21 and 22. This is uh, in relation to Isaac uh, when God told him not to go to, to Egypt but to stay in the land that he was on and, and the Bible says that Isaac sowed in the land and, and he reaped a hundredfold. But listen to something about uh, the, 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 the way Isaac prospered. The Bible says, then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now... The Lord shall, has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. I want you to note the phrase, we shall be fruitful in the land. We shall be fruitful in the land. Then Genesis chapter 49 verse 22. This is Jacob blessing uh, his children. And this is a reference he makes about Joseph. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. Joseph is a fruitful bough. Isaac said we shall be fruitful. So Isaac was a fruitful man. Joseph was a fruitful man. Then look at Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10. It says, say, say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. They shall eat the fruit of their doings. A righteous person must be fruitful. Then Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Most of us are very familiar with it. We've actually memorized the whole of the first Psalm. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does. He shall prosper. Want you to know the phrase brings forth its fruit. And then whatever he does, he shall prosper. In this passage, I want you to note the use of simile. Simile is an, is an instrument in the English language that it used to create qualities of sameness. You say something is like. It doesn't say the man is the tree, but is like a tree. It's comparing the attributes of a fruitful tree with a godly man. And it says, whatever he does, he shall prosper. The implication is that being fruitful in life results in prospering in whatever we do. Now, in this, all the passages I read, Isaac is fruitful in the land. And that fruitfulness has nothing to do with Isaac giving birth. 
Joseph is described as fruitful and it's not in reference to him giving birth. The righteous man in Psalm 1 shall be fruitful. The Bible says his fruitfulness will be seen in him prospering in whatever he does. It has nothing to do with him giving birth. Say to the righteous, it shall be well with him and that he shall be fruitful. It has nothing to do with giving birth. It may include it, but it is not specifically addressing childbirth. The point I'm making to you strongly is when the Bible says be fruitful, it does not limit fruitfulness to having babies. It does not limit it to that. It's talking about prospering in whatever you do. It's flourishing in whatever you do. It is becoming successful in whatever you do. So what is the definition of fruitfulness? Listen, this is my definition of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is to flourish. To flourish by deploying your body, talents, ideas, and character in a godly and productive service. You remember in the earlier part when I talked about fruitfulness, I talked about the fruit of the mind, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the lips, the fruit of the works of the hand. So fruitfulness is to flourish, to do well, to prosper, to be successful by deploying, using, activating your body, your talents, your ideas, your character in a godly and productive service. When Isaac says we shall be fruitful in the land, he's not talking about a father we shall have plenty of children in this land. Because as you know, he didn't have plenty of children. When God made Abraham fruitful, it didn't mean he was just going to have a lot of babies. When Jacob says that Joseph is a fruitful bow, Joseph had only two kids. So the fruitfulness here is not just talking about the propensity to procreate. That is why if you don't have natural children, it does not preclude and exclude you from the mandate to be fruitful. As a matter of fact, your larger space for fruitfulness is way outside your procreative abilities. God said, be fruitful. You may not have an earthly physical child from your womb, but you can be fruitful. You can give birth to so many things. And when God judges you finally, he's not going to ask you, did you have any babies on earth? No, he's going to ask you what you did with the seed he put within you, the ideas, the gifts, the abilities, not how many children you had. And so I'm not discour discouraging people from having children because I know we live in an African culture where having babies becomes the most important aspect of our lives. Everybody wants to have babies. People are so desperate, they even steal babies. Because we think the only way to show that we are productive is in how many children we have produced. It's great to have children. It's great. I'm not, dis I'm not putting that down. But that is not the measure of fruitfulness. As a matter of fact, when you stand before God, the number of children you had will never come into play. 
on the day of judgment, you will never be asked, how many children did you have? It will not be in the questionnaire. I can guarantee you that. It will not be in the question. How many kids did you have? Well, I had, I have 15. That will not feature in the questionnaire. What will feature is, how were you fruitful with the ideas, with the gifts, with the talents, with the character that God has given to you? So when he says to Adam, be fruitful, he's talking about a far wider implication than just going to have kids. Have kids by all means, but don't limit fruitfulness to having kids. We said that fruitfulness is a mandate from God. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians and chapter 9. And verse 10. Now many times we quote the scripture. Preachers do a lot. Uh, when we're talking about people giving financially and, um, and so on and so forth. And, and it, it can be used in that context. But I think that there's a wider application than just financial giving. It's, a, it's establishing a principle. Second Corinthians chapter... 9 verse 10 it says now may he now who is he there who is he it's God he God now may he God not may he the president or may he Barack Obama but may he God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food multiply supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness there are two things that I want you to note the first is that God gives us seed to sow seed to sow. May he who supplies seed to sow. Everybody will receive a seed to sow from God. That is God's great equalizer. The reason he does that is so that each one of us can have something to generate fruit. If he says be fruitful it will be unjust on his part to demand from you something he has not given you the capacity to do. God cannot say, be fruitful and yet make you not have what it takes to bear fruit. Then that is unjust. It's unfair. But God is a just and a righteous God. So if he says, be fruitful, it presumes that he will take it upon himself to equip you with the wherewithal to be fruitful. And the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. So for everybody who comes upon this earth who has a mandate to be fruitful, God equally equips the person with the seed to be fruitful. Because the fruit is going to come from the seed. God is not going to say be fruitful and leave you seedless. He will give you 
seed. So there is seed to sow. Everybody say seed to sow. Then he talks about bread for food. Everybody say bread for food. Seed to sow. Bread for food. Or you can say fruit. Now, what is the difference between bread and seed? There is a difference. First difference is that seed is God-giving. Bread is man-made. God doesn't make bread. Man makes bread. So, God will give you something from himself. It's called seed. Then he will also give you something that other people have done. It's called bread. I hope you are getting it. So he gives you seed to sow. Bread to eat. The bread doesn't come from God because God does not bake bread. Bread comes from what people have done. Other people's work. Other people's effort. Other people's creation. Other people's invention. That is bread. So God gives you bread to eat. Seed, not to eat, but to sow. Alright? Are you following that? Bread is processed. Seed is not processed. So, naturally, the bread you eat, where does it come from? It comes from wheat. Where does wheat come from? It comes from a seed. So somebody sows the seed of wheat. He produces the fruit of wheat. He processes the fruit of wheat into flour. And then somebody uses different mechanisms to turn the flour into bread. The Bible says that is for your eating. But the seed he gives you is not for eating. It's for sowing. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.